Um, I want to be that guy for, like, host a Halloween party where it's, like, a huge table of food (laughs) and just be him. And if anyone eats my food, I'll just, like... Oh my word, that'd be pretty good. Like, not tell anyone. No, it'd be even better if you just, like, invite people over for a dinner party and not tell anyone to dress up, and then there you are, just sitting at Pan's the labyrinthing head it. head of the table. Just, like, but, my, like, asleep. I mean, this sounds like a great dinner party. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, well... Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Something Weird. I'm Anna, and this is Brooke. Hey, everybody. Here you'll find semi-regular dialogue on all things paranormal or even just a little bit weird. We're lifelong friends who have had an affinity for the strange since we met, and now we're here to explore these phenomena with you. Each week, one of us will dig into a paranormal tale as we ponder the question, do we want to believe? And I've got a brand new story for you this week. Let's hear it. We're going to be taking a little trip back to the winter of 1967. I want you to envision Missouri, just regular old farmer. I love Missouri, actually. Really? Yeah. I just don't have any uh, experience. I took that trip there with my dad in high school to Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Beautiful place. Wonderful. I'll take your word for it. I've got it pictured in my mind. (laughs) Well, I want you to place yourself in Tuscumbia, Missouri. Okay. And it was a frosty Valentine's Day. Again, this is 1967. I don't even think if I... I don't know if I told you if it was the year. Anyway, see, it's not just you. It's, I don't even know if I am saying things, so. Okay. Imagine our hero, uh, 64-year-old farmer Claude Edwards, rising with the sun to begin a day's hard work on the chilled land. I assume it's pretty cold there in February still. Oh, yeah. Because it's cold everywhere. Edwards was what you could call salt of the earth. Just a simple, hard-working guy, basically your average farmer, doing the best he could. He set out to begin a day's work, getting ready to feed the animals and open the barn, when he encountered something he had not expected. First, he noticed that all of the cattle in his field were staring in the same direction. Ooh. Which is a, a, good, a good sign that his cattle were still alive. True, they're not all chopped up and swayed all over the fucking... Whatever. Okay. Yeah. They had eyes. They were staring. Yeah. They still had buttholes. (laughs) I mean, they always did. They just got scraped out. Gosh. Okay. So he followed their line of vision. Did something happen? It just made a noise. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. He followed their line of vision and made his way through a grove of trees before stumbling on what he described as a massive grayish-green mushroom-like object. Mm. Okay. Mm. He's not going to die, is he? I don't want the old man to die. Your salt-of-the-earth farmer, Claude? Yeah, he seems very sweet. 
You don't even know him. All right, whatever. Keep going. But that's good. That's good. He seems like a pretty good guy. Yeah. Just, again, salt of the earth. Yeah. Hardworking. Simple. I like him. He's there for his cows. Edwards describes feeling as if he were on autopilot, so he continued walking to the barn with his eyes stuck on this mushroom-like object in the meadow that was adjacent to the barn. Edwards believes there were about 70 feet of land between where he was in the barn and where he eventually saw these little creatures running around the mushroom-like object. Creatures? Um, Little creatures. His first thought when he saw the little creatures running around the mushroom-like object was that he was annoyed that they were trespassing and freaking out his cows. Like, wasn't really concerned with anything other than the disruption of his farm life. So, what what else do you do? He decided to climb one of the two gates that were between him and the little creatures and started walking directly towards them. The little hooligans. So as he reached the second gate, the little guys started moving in a really agitated manner. He describes them as about three feet tall with grayish green skin. Um, in a picture he later drew, they were super green, but he's a farmer, not an artist. So Fair. his drawing also depicts the little creatures without hands and that they were either wearing goggles or had really wide set big black eyes that resembled goggles. <laughs> He's got little nubs. They don't have hands. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just nubs. Okay. Nubs and big eyes. He also noted dark shapes and where their noses and mouths would have been on a regular face, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so he, he doesn't know if that was like their face or protective gear, like maybe something to breathe with. I don't know. <laughs> okay. He continued to just stare at these little mofos as they were running around under the ship, moving their arms super frantically at their sides. And they're like, you know, they're small. Yeah. They're like three feet tall. Yeah, but three feet is not it, like that small. It would be terror. Like, that's still kind of threatening. I don't know. Yeah, but it's also like he's a farmer and he... I don't know. He probably has encountered some pretty big things out there. True. True. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that it should not be worrisome and that I would just, like, approach this craft as (laughs) casually as he did, so. (laughs) Like, ah, fuck it, these guys again. (laughs) So he later um, described these little invaders as little green penguins with no visible neck. Oh my gosh. They keep getting uglier and uglier. <laughs> Just like, you know, um, actually, what I envision, it, it's like it was a gif, and it was just like running green thing, and it like, no, <laughs> okay, I'll send it to you later. Okay, I don't know. It was from like MySpace days. Okay. <sighs> He says that he wasn't sure how they were getting around, though, because they they were moving so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're little loaves. So, yeah, they're, they're nubs. Mm-hmm. In February of 1971, two Finnish women driving towards Ulu in a region near 
Kaminki, mm. you know, mm-hmm. they spied a strange light by their car. So they pulled over and described seeing a very similar creature to the ones that Edwards had described. A little creature that stood three feet tall and was kind of greenish brown and like crossed the road in front of them in like little jumps. (laughs) That has been kind of the tie-in among anyone researching or looking at this story. Okay. Perhaps. Maybe. They were the same little penguins. So at this point, Edwards decided to pick up a pair of rocks and begin walking towards the UFO. Um, he basically wanted to chuck the rocks at the device and hoped to puncture it so it couldn't take off. Uh, so it was like an inflatable little mushroom? Well, I don't know. Maybe he he, he was hoping he'd be able to damage All it. Right. So okay. Sound logic. He's just mad. Yeah. Get off his property. When he got within 15 feet of the mushroom and the little creatures, he was stopped by some sort of force field. Um, He says he couldn't tangibly feel it, but the pressure was like, I mean, you know what a force field is. He just couldn't get through it. According to Edwards, he says, I thought I was going right up to it. I got up there and there it was. I just walked up against a wall. He says then... He was finally able to get a good look at the vehicle um, and describe the surface as smooth and seamless, comparing it to shiny silk, and estimated it being about 18 feet in diameter. He also noted a stem-like tube supporting the object upright. Hmm. This sounds nice. He also... Silky. Yeah. Small, silky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... It's kind of like a Vespa or something. Yeah. He also described evenly spaced oval portals about 12 inches long and 12 inches apart around the lower rim of the vehicle, but they weren't windows because he saw oscillating colors coming out of each of the ovals. So I'm imagining, like, strobe light. Mm-hmm. He goes on to describe the vessel, saying the object just looked like a big shell, grayish-green looking outfit, and underneath there were oblong holes where the lights were coming out. They were so bright you couldn't see when you got up there, as if a color wheel was turning inside the thing. So... Sounds like a rave. Yeah. I mean... Hey, what else is there to do in Missouri? (laughs) I mean, fair. A lot. (laughs) But you went there. Yeah. We didn't do a lot, I'll tell you that much. No raves? Nope. Well, at this point, Edwards stepped back about 10 feet before doing what I think, uh, I don't know, actually probably not many people would do, but he threw a rock <laughs> at the object. Of course he did. He's such an old man. Right? Get off my you lawn. Can so, you can totally... <laughs> I I oughta. Seriously. So the rock hit the invisible barrier and landed on the ground, so he threw another one, as you do. Even harder, but it skipped over the object like a skipping stone on water before dropping into the field behind the UFO. But it did catch their attention, and after throwing the second rock, the creatures disappeared behind the pole supporting the craft, um, where they disappeared up into the ship or UFO or whatever it was before the vehicle tilted towards him twice 
and then a third lurch sent it silently flying away from where it was. All right. They were out of there. They were not impressed. He says that the greenish-gray flying mushroom soared away at insane speeds um, before leveling off and heading towards St. Elizabeth, which is northeast of Tuscumbia, before vanishing and leaving him behind. Hmm. So, I don't really know, like, what... (laughs) What you do after that point, but... (laughs) He told his story later to a UFO investigator, um, Ted Phillips, saying, The whole thing took over five minutes, maybe ten. I've never seen anything like it. It looked like shiny silk or something. I couldn't tell. I was going to tell, though, if I could have hit it with that rock. He really wanted to hit yeah, this thing with fuck a rock. this so. thing. It's gotta die. Um, going back to his just life... Mm-hmm. He was just a man of the land, just a farmer, and um, he had nothing really to gain or lose. Like, just fame was not an important thing for him. Right. He basically started sharing his story when his brother introduced investigators um, like Phillips to Edwards, and he actually refused to say anything about the incident until... Phillips pledged to protect his anonymity, mm-hmm. which he actually did until Edward's death, which is awesome. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Phillips describes his encounter with Edward saying, when I arrived at the farm, we visited for several minutes, gaining his confidence that I wouldn't reveal his name or location until his death. He didn't like talking about the sighting at first, but became more comfortable as we discussed the weather and farming. I asked him to relive the event in real time, and we began on his front porch, which faces the large barn near the landing area. I I like him. I mean, I like this Claude guy. Yeah, he seems like I stand. You were right. You're a good judge of character. Thanks. He never, his entire life, tried to get any, you know, make any profit from this Uh or fame. This was basically like us going to. you know, a gas station in Skookum County and researching, but then having someone say, like, I don't want you to tell anyone who I am. You know? In addition to that, there's also quite a bit of evidence that was left behind in the field where the UFO had landed. So Phillips had come fairly soon after the incident and took photos of the effects that the UFO had on the field. And you can specifically see the spot where the support tube was in the soil. Um, Phillips explained, When I arrived at the site, the traces were still quite visible. It was one meter in diameter in a slightly irregular circle where the shaft had rested. The soil was extremely dehydrated in contrast with the surrounding soil. Okay. And this was the last encounter that Edwards ever reported with these little little, little penguins, penguins and their mushroom UFO. What? I'm just laughing at the penguins. It's just so silly. <laughs> They're so... S- I just... kind of want to squeeze it. I don't know. I don't know. They don't sound like cute penguins, though. They sound a little, like, nasty-ass. <laughs> like grubby penguins. Yeah. 
So now they're they are known as the Tuscumbian space penguins. Oh, that's so cute. I'm gonna send you a picture though. They're you know, mini artist renditions of these little guys. I wanna see the penguins. Oh my gosh. They're wearing like little gas masks. Yeah. Oh my word. Those are gross. <laughs> They're little nubs. Little nubbins. Oh wow. Okay. It makes sense. They're kind of cute. Uh, yeah. There's something. They're all right. I like the fat ones. <laughs> That's really all there is. And there's no ability to follow up because Phillips was a good guy and kept his promise. Yeah. And um, kept him an- yeah. anonymous. Wow. Just a fun little one. A little cryptid treat. Those are always fun. I love that it's like little rural. Like someone that you can root for, you know? Oh, yeah. I believe him. It's it's actually. He saw. I mean, again, he had nothing to gain and nothing to. Well, I mean, I guess he knew he had things to lose because he didn't want people to know just because, I mean,. You know, people are ridiculed. Yeah, people are um, mean. It's, it's a actually really uh, big departure from our guy from last week, Philip Dick. Very different. <laughs> yeah, story. A little bit different. Um, not looking to fucking sell books from his experience. I don't know. I like it. I think it's cute. I'll believe our yeah. little old man farmer. Yeah, I just, I guess it's, I just, I say yes, because. Why the fuck not? Yeah. And if there are photographs, again, that Phillips took of the area around where the craft was. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. (laughs) I think it's also. It's tough because there's nothing really to support it other than potentially the Finnish woman who saw something similar, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a little random. Like, I don't think that that Finnish woman, like, helps me at all in believing it or not. Yeah. It's a stretch. Like, who knows what she actually saw and, you know, all that stuff. But even just the farmer alone, like... Why not have this happen? It's uh, a solid story. It is. And I'm all for it. Me too. I like you, old man. Living in Missouri. (laughs) A good man. A good man. Good man with some penguins. Some space pingies. (laughs) I love that they're wearing little gas masks, too. I know. That's definitely... Like, it makes sense, right? Yeah. If they have to, I mean, they're in, like, a different atmosphere, right? They gotta, like... Yeah? You know, that is... You could argue that's one, like, fatal flaw in a lot of, like, extraterrestrial depictions. 
they're hmm. in a completely different atmosphere. How are they surviving? Yeah. Much like you send us into space, like, we're not chill. My only thought is that maybe they're coming from a planet so that similar to similar ours atmosphere. that... Yeah. 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 And we just haven't discovered it yet, obviously. But maybe... Who knows? Maybe there are multiple and these guys could not handle or, Earth's air. Well, that makes sense that it's similar because it like is life-sustaining. But I would imagine there's got to be a host of different like bacteria and pathogens and things that would fuck them if they were exposed to it. Yeah, you well, know? it's like War of the Worlds. Yeah. I just feel like they would die so quickly. And as would we <laughs> if we plopped ourselves onto a different planet. Interesting. Space penguins are smart. They're the smartest out there, really. They're living. Gotta be smart when you don't have hands. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> that's it, folks. See you next week. Oh, man. Well. Space penguins. Space penguins. They're cute. I want one. Me too. I don't know, three feet's kind of a lot to deal with, though. Yeah, actually, I, I keep forgetting that. It's like a chancy. Yeah, it is. Three foot seven. Oh, man. <laughs> They're chancies. You have the knowledge. <laughs> You're aware. I have become aware. All right, so now you know. Our little Tuscumbian space penguins. Um, add that to your list of favorite cryptids or grays or greenish grays either way we want to know your thoughts do you believe do you believe these little three feet of wonder really did happen do they exist we really want to know so tell us you can find us on instagram and facebook at something weird podcast and if you have any extra stories you'd like to share with us anything whether it's paranormal spooky Maybe you've had your own run-in with a space penguin. Uh, let us know. We like to hear your stories. Share them or look into them more. It's been very fun hearing about the weird things that you all have experienced in your lives. So keep them coming. And if you enjoyed any bit of our podcast, you know, or all of it, just please let us know with a big five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It makes a big difference. And, um... You know, we just got to get the truth out there. So we did it again. Thank you, Anna, for making my life a little brighter with the space penguins. That's what I'm here for. I'm glad to have that just knowledge, awareness. Yeah. (laughs) Just nuggets. Little nuggets. Nuggets. Um, And thank you all, listeners, for coming back once again. We're glad that you do. Shocked. Yeah. Shocked. Surprised humbled uh, that you're here. (laughs) So until next week, stay weirdy. You eat.